passes last year. This one's knocked up. Powers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. What's going on, guys? We're here. Episode 49 of College Football Talk. And we have our Week 11 preview here on this fine, beautiful Thursday night. We are a in the midst of a huge weekend of football. Plenty of games to talk about. Two top 10 showdowns. Multiple ranked matchups. We are going to hop right into it, but make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channel. Make sure you guys are watching and liking with a big thumbs up, as you guys always do. Make sure, remember, subscribe. We're trying to get to 100 yeah. subscribers. We were at 68 last time I checked, so mm-hmm. still still got some ways to go, but we're almost there. Come on. We got this. And uh, for, let's uh, get right into it, Dylan. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Awesome. So we're going to start where game day will be this week. It's the game of the week in my eyes. Some people would say mm-hmm. Penn State-Michigan. That's fine, too. I yeah. would think that this game has the more impact because if there's a lot of just rabbit hole scenarios you can start playing with, biggest one is it really falls to the 330 game with Tennessee-Missouri. If Tennessee goes into Missouri and wins, and Georgia loses Saturday night, it sets up SEC East championship game in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I know Tennessee fans would love that. Yeah. There's another scenario where Tennessee loses and Georgia clinches the East before they even start. So plenty plenty of things to unwind and unravel if Ole Miss needs to win this game if they want to keep up with Bama or have mm-hmm. a shot to win the West it's yeah. unlikely with Bama's remaining schedule so but the biggest thing is if Tennessee wins and Georgia loses it sets up a SEC East play-in game to get to mm-hmm. Atlanta so uh early thoughts predictions on this one I mean like I mean obviously Georgia is the favorite they should be the favorite I think I think they're a lot better than Ole Miss though is, but I think this is the best Ole Miss Lane Kiffin team we've yet to see. I think, you know, we've all had our, you know, thoughts on what Jackson Dart is at quarterback, right? But if you look at just his pure numbers this year, he's been a great quarterback. I mean, his completion percentage isn't the best thing in the world, but low turnovers, 16 touchdowns, same number as Carson Beck has. I mean, they, they're, they're eight and one for a reason. This is a good football team. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not a cakewalk for Georgia. I think this is going to be just like the game last week against Missouri, where they're going to be in a tough battle for ninety percent of this game. Because I think with Alabama, I think Ole Miss has almost like a 
that's a hill they have to climb. Going going against Georgia is just put everything on the table, right? Uh huh. So I think they're going to play Georgia harder than they played Alabama. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, both Georgia does do does what Bama does do really good too, and that's second mm-hmm. half adjustments. Yeah, um, you could see. Look back at the Missouri game; they made a lot of really big second half adjust second half adjustments mm-hmm. to really help separate themselves in that game. Yeah, the biggest thing for me will be what I'm looking at from an old Miss perspective. I kind of look at how the Florida game went, where they need to get explosive plays. Mm-hmm. They're really good at explosive plays. They have 65 yeah. explosive plays of 20 plus yards or more, and that's third in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, they're averaging around 38 points a game. Little yeah. nugget though, they're averaging about 20 less points a game on the road than they do at home, mm-hmm. as well as about close to about 200, almost 200 yards less also on the road. So dramatic differences which could play an impact with the crowd and stuff, but they have yeah. got to be able to get explosive plays. Georgia does not allow a bunch of explosive plays. They're 12th in the country in explosive play defense. And defensively, they're only allowing about fifth, 15 points a game, which is sixth in the country. So it's good on good. Like you said, Ole Miss is really explosive, really yeah. good offensively. I definitely think Lane Kiffin's got a few tricks up his sleeves that he's been waiting specifically for this game. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to score points because Georgia has shown that they will score points. Yeah. But they're also able to score a bunch of points too. So I look at Ole Miss's defense, which ranks middle of the pack-ish. Mm-hmm. So they're not anything crazy. They do get after the quarterback really well, which Georgia yeah. has – but Georgia does help protect well. They didn't really protect a lot very well last year or last week, per se. Mm-hmm. So Ole Miss needs to get pressure on Beck, and we haven't seen Beck fall at all this year. He's yeah. been one of the only quarterbacks for the first year, guys, that has been able to stay steady or mm-hmm. at least elevate. So can Ole Miss get pressure and make things uncomfortable? That's going to yeah. be something Pete Golding's going to have to be able to really draw up some sort of scheme to maybe confuse Beck do something to get him off schedule. I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if you would agree or not, but if Ole Miss no, I really think Yeah, win, I think you're absolutely right. The way that Beck and this offense has been rolling, it's like you've got to find a way to get him off schedule because the way – so far nobody's been able to really do it. So he's just yeah. kind of been able to look over there. Oh, he's not available. McConkie's not available. Okay, let me go to Oscar Delph. He's right there. Robert yeah. Thomas is right there, but he's kind of covered. So I'm going to toss it over here to Dominic Lovett for a big play. Mm-hmm. It's just been routinely rhythm. I mean, he's finding the holes and picking defenses apart. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, look, for, for Ole Miss to win this game, they need to not only make Carson Beck uncomfortable, they need to figure out how to score a ton of points on this Georgia defense. Yeah. Which has not been easy. I mean, just looking through Georgia's schedule this year, who's, who, who's really scored the most on them? Missouri 21 points 21 points is the most private yeah yeah because I mean and, yeah. and we're, we're not even talking we're talking non-junk time too because Florida put up yeah. 20 and two of those were in junk time so yeah for I mean no and Georgia has when Georgia has to wake up for a game and be ready mm-hmm. to roll they have shown that they're still one of the best teams in the country they don't yeah. beat themselves they Listen, I always say if you're one, you want to beat Georgia, you want to beat the best. They're gonna take, 
give them your best shot because mm-hmm. right now nobody, everyone's tried or at least attempted to. Yeah. And none of them have succeeded. Georgia, 11 straight home wins against ranked opponents at home. That's a nice little. That's, that's a good streak. That's, right that's a good streak. Yeah. I mean, you know, just saying, yeah, Missouri's put the most points on them tied with UAB. Yes. And even UAB really. I mean, that was mainly junk time. Here's a little. But UAB put up a good fight in that first half in that game. I'll tell you that. A little nugget, also. I like two more nuggets right here for you. Mm-hmm. One, red zones. We talked about red zone last week. What did Missouri yep. not do? Well, what are they really good at? They're good at scoring in the red zone, but they don't score a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is 65th in the country in red zone efficiency. Georgia, 117th. We talked about it last week how Georgia does struggle against teams in the red zone defensively. Mm-hmm. Can Ole Miss? do something that Missouri couldn't do and score because that really made the difference. Also, third downs. I'm going to be looking at third downs. You know I love – I'm a big third down guy. Yeah. As I always do. Third downs. Georgia is third in the country in third down conversion rate on defense. Ole Mm -hmm. Miss is 97th in the country in third down offensively. So, again, you know, vice versa, you could look at – where am I say? One second here. Vice versa. Georgia is fourth in the country in third downs on offense. Ole Miss is 81st in the country on third down defense. So right there. I mean, Georgia mm-hmm. controls both sides. That is what we've seen with team after team. I mean, I have a offensive stat pulled or offensive ranks pulled up for Georgia. And if it's in green, they're really good. And about all the major categories, they're green and in top yeah. tens. And so mm-hmm. They just are really good. Yeah. I just think Ole Miss is going to give it their best shot, but I just think it's too much Georgia at home. Yep. The crowd's going to be in crazy. It's mm-hmm. looking like it may rain a lot, and it's going to be cold. So expecting yeah. whoever maybe can run the ball really well. I do mm-hmm. look also for looking at matchups. That outside for Ole Miss offensively, it's going to be they got to be able to figure out a way to get Tay Harris involved. He's yeah. on the outside. He is very good, really tall, and I'm going to probably have to see him matched up with Kamari Lasseter, I would say. So we're going to see how Jackson Dart, who's been very efficient, very good mm-hmm. this year, uh, I look for him. He's got to be able to use his legs like Brady Cook has so far or did last week some to keep yeah. the defense, make Georgia play with a spy. So we're now they got to get rid of one guy to be like, okay, now i got to focus on him. So mm-hmm. Tay Harris on the outside against Kamari Lassiter is going to be something. Uh, for Georgia to Ole Miss, it's got to be – I think it's – Deshaun Edwards has got to have a big game this weekend. Yeah. I think they got to be able to run the ball, especially if it's going to be rainy and wet. You don't want to be throwing the ball around like that. He's got to have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Teams that don't turn the ball over less is going to win this game. I'm going yeah. to say it right there. Also, Brock Bowers may play in this game. Those aren't – I mean, he is trending – reading a lot of stuff, there is a shot. He is more likely to play than he isn't to play, is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. So they get him back, that's even bigger trouble. Yeah. No, uh, that, that'd be big for them. I mean, if, yeah. if I'm Ole Miss, though, the biggest things you want to do is you want to get the ball to your playmakers. You want to be able to get Trey Harris really involved in this game. Trey Harris. I mean, he's, he's averaging 19 yards a carry. You need to get him with the ball in this game. And uh, same with Judkins. That guy... Monster running back right there. Quintez Junkins, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Trey Harris. Oh, is that I'm just trying to see. Yeah, Trey Harris has uh, almost 800 yards receiving. Quintus Junkins has almost 800 yards rushing. Like he said, got to be able to get those yeah. guys going. Get your playmakers going. Because, like I said, if you want to beat Georgia, your guys, you have to play your best game, mm-hmm. mistake free, and it's got to have the perfect storm. So, yeah. Uh, predictions. What do you like in this game? You know what? I'm going to say this. Okay. I'm calling the upset. All right. Old Miss and Lane Kiffin finally get a big signature win. All righty. They win 30 to 27. Right, I'm just writing this down. So when Dylan, when we come back here Tuesday night, if they mm-hmm. lose, I'm going to have it right here. Okay. Say okay. Ole Miss snaps Georgia's 26 game winning streak. Yep. 26 game winning streak. All right. So we're going to write that right there. I got it right here on the slash card. Okay. Okay. Everyone to see. If you're watching on mm-hmm. listening on Spotify, Dylan is picking Ole Miss to snap Georgia's win streak and create utter chaos because he apparently likes Pama. So congrats there, Dylan. I am going to take Georgia. I think Georgia's going to win. I think yeah. the crowd's going to be – look for this to be a similar game, I think, to last year's Tennessee game where the crowd mm-hmm. is going to play a huge impact in this game. And it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, crazy yeah. environment. And I think Beck and that offense continue to roll. The defense holds up. I like to be 40 to – 40 to 27. Mm-hmm. So we are going to move on. Georgia, Old Miss, 7 o'clock ESPN. Watch. We're heading now to Big Noon Kickoff. I'd say the second biggest game of the day. Some people say this is the biggest game of the day. I would tend to disagree. But I mean, we're is, talking, it's two versus nine, which is Georgia, Old Miss versus three is, versus 10. Yes. I mean, generally, you would go with the slightly higher ranked matchup, but you know. For sure. For sure. So, Michigan, Penn State, mm-hmm. big noon kickoffs going to be there. It is the Big Ten game of the week. And what's going to say? Penn State looks to get a massive win. If they yeah. get a win here and Michigan beats Ohio State, then you know, we have the round robin draw to where it's used now. Look at, I don't even know what you look at to figure out who's going to win the East. Mm -hmm. Michigan comes in rolling, cheating along the way, but rolling. And uh, this is now the season starts for them. Is that a bad thing, you think? That now they they have to wait till week 11 to play the really their first game? Preseason's finally over for them. They have to to start playing people. um, I mean, who cares? You you already know what they're going to do. Every team you play. Yeah. Except for the four non-conference games where they struggled because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is going mm-hmm. to be if Michigan's going to be able to run the football. Last yeah. year, they rushed for over 400 yards on Penn State. Mm-hmm. This year, they ranked 50th in the country in rushing offense. Penn State, one of the best defenses in the country. They rank first yeah. in rushing defense, first in sacks. Second and first downs allowed, ninth mm-hmm. and third down conversion rate, 13th against the pass, it second in turnovers. So defensively, they are just 
they wear you down. And you look, I mean, even the Ohio State game, it was a late, just a late, just touchdown that ended up being the game breaker. And they only allowed 20. So Penn State, if they got to win, the defense has got to play well. But I also do think that if you're Michigan, where you can catch Penn State lacking is kind of similar to where Georgia is. Red zone, yeah. 35th in the country offensively, Michigan is. Penn State defensively is 98th. So if you can get down there, you could, there are room, there is a window there where you can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. If you're Michigan, you got to be able to do that. Yeah. Somehow, some way, it's just going to be the first real test for JJ McCarthy again in a hostile environment against a mm-hmm. real defense. Can he come up big? For this Wolverine offense, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I I do think I do like Michigan in this spot. All right. I'm gonna be honest with you. I there's something with James Franklin where he decides to just not go for wins. He coaches very conservatively, especially with his offense mm-hmm. offenses going against top ten teams. I don't get it. It makes zero sense. And to me, Michigan is by far the best defense they play this year. So to me, this just everything boiling together just seems like a very hyped up matchup where Michigan will just embarrass Penn State on national TV. Embarrass. Strong words from Dylan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you look Michigan, if we're looking vice versa, yeah. I really think that Michigan is just up there defensively as Penn State is defensively. Yeah. If you're looking for an offense, I think Penn State's got to be able to find a way to get downfield shots. Yeah. They've got to be able to do that. I mean, because Michigan, the problem is Michigan's ranked first and against the pass. And so, Mm -hmm. but you could say, well, they really haven't played anybody. Maybe that's true. Maybe they just haven't been tested. But vice versa. You can say that, but at the same time, Penn State hasn't, I mean, Penn State hasn't really done much either. They did put 55 up on Maryland last week, so maybe they woke mm-hmm. up or something, and now they can just start slinging the ball around. I mean, you could say it, but the thing is with, like, Michigan's defense, they've only given up double digits to two teams this year. Yeah. They, I, I mean, you can say with their, what, their, their defense hasn't been tested, but everybody on their schedule, they've more or less murdered. Yeah. They don't keep it close. They don't let them get even garbage time points. So, like, you know. I, I, just, um, I can't imagine the team that beat Indiana 52 to 7 struggles with the team that beat Indiana 33 24. I know transitive property doesn't work like that in college football, <laughs> but you know, just the way these teams are composed, it just feels like Michigan is a team that is made to throttle teams like Penn State. And that could be very much so. I mean, that is could mm-hmm. be a game where it could be a just slow, agonizing painful chokehold that yeah. Michigan puts on them. But I just think these two teams are evenly matched, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I just think the fact that Penn State or Michigan has – this is really the first time they're going to play a team that is somewhat up to their standards. Yeah. I think that they get punched in the mouth early. The crowd gets into it, and I almost think they kind of like just kind of like start going into that like in and out phase. Like yeah. I just – I don't know. It just feels like when you go 11, 9, you know, this is week 11, and you're finally mm-hmm. playing someone that is up to your standard. Yeah. It feels like it's just a recipe for disaster. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. I mean, 
See, I think that's where man you disagree. I don't think Penn State is on Michigan's level. Well, maybe they're not. I mean, they're. I mean, Vegas says it's only a Vegas has Michigan as a four and a half point favorite. So it's yeah. not like they're crazy. ESPN has ESPN favors Penn State in this game too. Well, I mean, I just I, mean, I disagree with a lot of. Of course, of the they're going to be favored, but no, Penn State's favored over Michigan according to. ESPN. Oh, well, against what the FBI? Yep, fifty to forty nine point six. I mean, like if you're looking strictly on paper, I mean, Michigan mm. has the better stats offensively yep. and defensively. But again, it's Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska. I mean, those are your See, last but that's five. The thing is, you know, Penn State has played a lot of those same teams, and they don't beat them like that. I don't know. I just, I it just feels like I like, said, thirty-three twenty-four against Indiana. I mean. Coming off a tough loss against Ohio State, you a little sleepwalking next game. Let's see. I mean, it, it's just to me, it just doesn't feel like these teams are really on the same level. If you get what I'm, if you try, you know what I'm saying. That there's like, if you like to think about like, that, there's tiers to college football, right? You have your top teams, and then it goes down from there. Penn State is a tier below Michigan still. They're just not that team yet. And so I, I that's how I feel about this game. What's what's your score prediction? What do you think? I, I think Penn State wins this. I okay. think I okay. think they win. I think it's a low scoring. I think it's a down of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But I think Penn State's going to win this twenty three to twenty three to twenty. Like, I'm put I'm putting that on my notes. All right, put it down on your notes. That twenty three twenty, the Nittany Lions pull off a big win. And. 2320? 2320. Okay. So, you know, I, I disagree with you. I think Michigan wins 31 to 10. That Penn State really never has it going. They seem off edge to start. You know, Michigan gets the ball first and drives downfield. The crowd kind of goes in and out. It, I, I just think this is a bad, especially for a noon game. If this was a night game, I could see Penn State. Pulling it up, but a noon kickoff, 31 degrees outside. I mean, it, it, this is not – It just it, this is a bad situation for Penn State, in my opinion. If they would have gotten this as a night whiteout game, I could absolutely say, okay, you know what? There's a, there's an opportunity where Penn State could pull the upset, but with this – I just don't see it. I see it. I see the light. I see the vision. I have a vision. This and just feels like hit. a situation where, like, you know, they're at, like, 11.59, 11. they're playing Mo Bamba to get the crowd into it. And then at 12.30, the crowd might be completely silent. Well, you're wrong, so I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to FSU Miami. This is the 3.30 game on ABC. Yep. Uh, Miami comes in at six and three. FSU nine and zero. FSU mm-hmm. is a fourteen point favorite right now. Yep. And you know, big thing for me is that you know this game could have been a lot more hyped up if Miami wouldn't have lost, let's say, to NC State or Georgia Tech. So, yep. you know, but they come in six and three. But I just think this is a spot where Florida State is going to get them and crush yeah. them. Look, um, Big, I, yeah, you go first. Biggest thing for me is offensively, Miami 
turns the ball over a lot on offensively. Mm-hmm. They're ranked 125th in the country in turnovers. Yeah. You know, the FSU's middle of the pack defensively, but if you're hunt, if you're turning the ball over a bunch against FSU when they have that kind of offense, mm-hmm. you're just asking for trouble. And I yeah. just think that's what's going to end up happening. I think it gets, it might, this might become a really sloppy game. FSU beat them 45 to three last year in Miami. It wasn't mm-hmm. even remotely ever close. Obviously, that was the most Miami fans I've ever seen in a building before, and they were all gone before the fourth quarter. Nice. Um, I want to look at this. I just there's too many weapons. I think for FSU mm-hmm. that is going to overwhelm Miami. Yeah, and I like Tyler Van Dyke. I like that Miami squad. I just think this is a tough matchup for them. FSU mm-hmm. gets, you know, they win this. You get to ten and zero. They still have so much more to play for, and I think that little slip up. You guys get Coleman and Wilson mm-hmm. back this week too. Yep. So you're getting you're getting your playmakers back. Gonna be all Knowles this weekend. Yeah. So I mean, look, this is the way I'm looking at this, right? Miami has had a lot of problems this year. I mean, just looking at their their offense turns the ball over a ton. Their defense is really hit or miss. You know what I mean? You have times where their safeties play like all pros, and at other times when they give up every every bit of yardage they can. To me, that just feels like the perfect spot for Florida State to blow out a team. It, I, I mean, it, it, it just it, this is the way it looks to me. I you call me biased because I'm a Florida State fan, but you know, Miami Tyler Van Dyke has 11 interceptions this season, and there's discussions on whenever uh, if he's even going to start this game because the backup looks better in practice sometimes. Yeah, like, this is just a horrible spot to be in if you're Miami. <laughs> Miami or Florida State is ninth in the country in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. So they're putting up almost 40 points a game, it looks like, yeah. where Miami is towards – they are ranked – where was it? I just saw them. They were middle of the package, later back middle of the pack and yeah. scoring defense. So they're not really stop. they're letting teams score on them, mm-hmm. which – Again, is not the best recipe if you're going mean, to try to pull off an offset. But again, I've seen some crazy stuff happen. Maybe they took Miami Virginia to overtime. They lost. They lost to NC State twenty to six. I mean, I just I don't believe this Miami team has the potential to pull the upset off in Tallahassee, in front of a sold out crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think you. It's just. I will last, say it, if last Miami, year was Miami's one chance to knock off. Like, if Miami wants to do two things, I think there's two spots where maybe you can catch Florida State from a def- if you're Miami defensively. Mm-hmm. You do rank top ten in sacks this year. Yeah. So, and Florida State is a does tend to give up sacks. They rank 28th in the country. Mm-hmm. So there's room there as well as they rank. They're really good against the run. They're ninth in the country against the run. Where FSU's yeah. 58th. So maybe you make Florida State one-dimensional, and that way then you completely change their game plan up. Because yeah. if you make Florida State one-dimensional, there's room where you can now can just kind of play coverage ball and keep the eyes on really just Coleman and Wilson. Make sure yeah. – and then just keep – but now they got to keep Travis yeah. contained. Exactly. That's the problem. That's you, you got to find out a way to not only – you know, if you could hold – to make Florida State one-dimensional, but also make Florida State not able – 
for the quarterback to just run at any time, which they have shown they will do yeah. in a situation where their offense looks one-dimensional. They will just give the ball to Jordan Travis, have – They make a play. Joaquin Bell give him, you know, a block, and bam, you know, that's a free 20 it yards. Looks, it's like when there's always a spot where they need to get something, mm-hmm. They it's Jordan Travis steps up. Yeah. I mean, and- look – I like I watched the pit game. They won an entire football game off of running forty screens. Yeah. So and not even impressive screens. They ran <laughs> pretty bad screens and still won twenty-four to seven. This team knows how to win football games. Yeah. There's a reason they're nine and zero. They have the third, third, second, or third longest win streak in the country. Yeah. This this Miami team knows how to blow games. This Miami team, for the most part, has struggled a lot. They're two and three. Uh, in their past five games, like this is this is a team for both of their two wins in this five game stretch. They've had to go to overtime to win. I I just do not see a good. This is not a good spot for Miami. Like I hate to say this because we're you know it's a pretty good ABC three thirty, but really this game should be on ESPN two because I don't think this oh. is close. <laughs> ESPN two, man, Dylan from the top rope tonight. I, I think I'm just being honest. I just like well, this is gonna be one of those uh, moments where people are, are there's gonna be camera shots of like Mario Cristobal with a what's your face uh, score staring. prediction in there? I'm going 45 to 10. Uh, no, wow, mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's that much, but I like I'll like Florida State. I think they win 33 to 20. 33 to 20. Yeah. I just I feel like that's like because I, I I you know just going off Miami's games they're gonna turn the ball over at some point yeah probably more than once <laughs> and but I don't I've watched Florida State play where they go long droughts without doing anything either yeah so you know if Miami can keep this a four quarter game then who's to say nothing else happens because I have seen even when they blow out teams Florida State has I'll take mm-hmm. Syracuse for example that ended up being a fourth quarter just bloodshed. Yeah. But for a majority of that game, I watched Florida State get a turnover or force John down and not, not doing anything with it. So I will say they did win that game 41 to 3. But check the box. <laughs> but box score wise, that was a game till for about three and a half quarters. So just, I mean, I watched Florida State continuously turn the ball over or they would get a big play on defense, get the ball mm-hmm. back, and then not do anything with it. So they can't yeah. go watch the Duke game where, I mean, they will, I mean, They'll go a little period where they it's just like, what can we do? But then they'll have that one big quarter or like that 10, 15-minute stretch where they'll just yeah. run it on. So if Miami can keep this a four-quarter game, all mm-hmm. power to you. But I just think Florida State's going to have some sort of, you know, that, that accelerated moment where it's like yeah. shock or they're just going to shock the system of Miami as Pittsburgh just scored. Love to see it. Florida State, 33-20. Okay. We're moving on. Utah, okay. Washington, three thirty, Fox. I think this is a sneaky, sneaky game. Here's why: yeah, Utah versus Washington. Utah goes into Washington. Washington, mm. not very good defensively. Yep. You know they are just not good. Mm-hmm. Utah, not very good defensively or offensively. Yep. Oh, you're like okay. Well, then what are you talking about? Well, USC's. Uh, what did I watched USC put up? 42 against Washington's defense. I watched yep. you, Oregon put up 33 against Washington's defense. Mm-hmm. I watched Utah put with it 35 on USC. Yep. 
Um, and I can tell you right now, Utah probably has the better defense out of probably closer. Oregon's maybe gives them a slight lean mm-hmm. in defensively, but Utah's right there. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking defensively, Utah first and against third downs, third against first downs, 34th against the pass, sixth against the rush, mm-hmm. 19th yards per play, 14th in the country in sacks. They 55th in the country terms. I this feels like where I've seen this could be like the where Michael Penix might struggle, mm-hmm. but this time he may not get away with it against a really good defense. Yeah. But vice versa, Michael Matt, Michael Penix, when we've seen them have to play a really big team, they have showed up and just completely turned it on. Like all mm-hmm. systems go, cleared for takeoff. Yeah. I mean, some of the throws he was making against USC, but everyone gets right against USC. It's just still, it's like, man, like this guy is legit. Yeah. I'm really going to be excited to see this. So the Washington is not very good on running the football. They rank 100th in the mm-hmm. country. And like I just said, USC is a top six team, a sixth in the country when it comes to rushing yards. So, yeah. again, if you can make Washington one-dimensional, either, I don't care how good you are, but if you're going to become one-dimensional and throw the ball 60 times in a game, mm-hmm. like mo- odds are you're not – the result isn't going to be what you want it to be. Yeah. So that's where I can see it. I think Utah's got to be able to turn the ball over. You know, Washington doesn't. And Michael has, Penix is, for the most part, he's kind of prone to it. Seven interceptions on the year. Yeah. I mean, he, they're 67th against in turnovers this year. Yeah. So they will turn the ball over. No team's been able to do anything when they turn them over. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. But I'm telling you, I think Utah can really hang around in this game. Might even pull an upset. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I think that Utah uh, Utah Oregon game was a little snapshot of a, a bad snapshot because mm-hmm. Utah was coming off a big win against USC. Oregon coming off, you know, I think they played Washington State. But, you know, they're coming in. They got to win. It just felt mm-hmm. like a bad spot, and Oregon obliterated them. But now yeah. Washington kind of been, you know, up and down since that Oregon game. You get the big one against USC, but you struggle against Stanford and Arizona State. It's like, okay, who are you going to get? I like Utah. I think Utah, is may, if they don't win, they're going to cover, I think, in this game. This is a close game. What do you like? What do you think? Um, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it will be a close game. But if anything, I think this could be Michael Penix Jr.'s Heisman moment for him. Obviously, okay. the, the one people are going to focus on is that Oregon game just because, you know, big rival. With this game, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to come down to Michael Penix's arm. I like the Huskies. I like them 28-21. to 21. Fourth quarter, comeback, win. All they're right. Down, I think they're down a score going into the fourth. I like – let me – one second here. I like – Bryson Barnes to lead the Utes into Husky Stadium mm-hmm. to mm, do I have the balls to say they're gonna win? Mm, no, but I will cover. <laughs> that was a long wait out right there. But I, I think that it's close. 
And I think Washington mm-hmm. pulls ahead with a late field goal or something. Like, it's very close. I'm going to go 30. I'm going to go 31 to 27. 31 very to close game. I think it will be. I think close. Utah's Washington's defense that struggles mm-hmm. very much. So, yeah. is going to keep Utah in this. So, mm-hmm. I think there's ways you can attack Washington's defense. Utah. What they do love to do is run the football 25th in the country. Washington yeah. is 63rd against the run and 124th against the pass. Even though Utah struggles against the off pass, the off run or pass the ball, look mm-hmm. at what you did against USC. They were able to stay on schedule. I think they yeah. can do that again against Washington, but I just think Washington has too many playmakers and offense to get the job. So they will get the job done. Yeah. I do think if Penix loses this game, he could lose his chance at winning the Heisman. Really? You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think people all of a sudden are going to say that, like, maybe he's not who we thought he was. Because I think if they lose this game, it's because Michael Penix doesn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, every, people are going to do the same thing they, you know, people do is that, you know, the narrative that Michael Penix Jr. is not Michael Penix Jr. when he plays an elite defense. You know how That's people true. are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they uh, they'll they'll speak their mind. Yeah, but that's where I think your boy Carson Beck might run in and get Carson. In New York. Telling you, dude, if Beck keeps rolling her up, just keeps on. I, I do think if it came down to a scenario where that, I think I think Jordan Travis would have an edge over him because I think they'd but, say that he's more important to his team's success. But then you could also say though, but look what such and such is doing against such and such competition, whereas yeah. you know there's. Because, I mean, I'm sure that plays a some sort of a factor, like who you're playing and how you're doing it against them. I think so to a degree, but I think also yeah. it's just like, a, you know. We're going to move on, though. We'll keep thinking yeah. about it. Big, that's a great question we'll talk about a couple weeks from now. All right, Tennessee, Missouri. We spoke about them a little bit earlier as far as the stakes go. Tennessee, a win, and they keep immediately switch over to watch George and Ole Miss, where they will become a big Rebels fan. Mm-hmm. If they lose, the East is to Georgia. Tennessee yep. is effectively eliminated from any SEC contention. So mm-hmm. a huge game in Columbia, Missouri. Missouri looking to bounce back after a tough loss at Georgia. So right now, Tennessee is a two-point favorite. Um, Honestly, the biggest thing for me is going to be ha- – the bat in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And Tennessee rushes for a lot of yards, a lot of a, a game. They rank third mm-hmm. in the country again in the run. Yep. They are averaging. They're averaging almost over 200 yards a game on the ground. Yep. Whereas Missouri is ranked 27th. They don't allow a whole lot about medium, medium ish pack as far as teams running on them. Mm-hmm. So if Tennessee has able to run the football, yeah, like they have been able to all year, year they will have success. Cause I think Joe mm-hmm. Milton then, cause Joe Milton will be able to build work off that. And that's how he gets rolling. Yeah. Now we've seen times where Tennessee's the off rush deep or rush offense becomes stagnant. Look at Florida, look at the Alabama game you know, mm-hmm. where they have struggled and those are the games they've lost. So yeah. it really is pretty simple right, for me. It's 
if Tennessee can't run the ball, I think Missouri has enough playmakers on offense to win this game and win it maybe not handily like a blowout, but I think they yeah. can win it by 9, 10, 11 points. Mm-hmm. See, I'm mixed on this game because I think there's a chance because I think this will be a close game. I think both of these yeah. teams are kind of evenly matched. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of lean Tennessee in this game just because I think Tennessee has, a, has something on their there's, – there's like a chip on their shoulders. This game is going to mean a lot because they still play Georgia later. I think, I think Missouri is a great team, but I, I, do, I do kind of think Tennessee is a little bit better. So um, another thing also, mm-hmm. Luther Burden may not play in this game. There's he got banged up last week, yeah. and now there's concern that he may not play again this week. Mm-hmm. So, if you're Missouri, who do you turn to? I think you got to yeah. turn to you know you got Theo Weiss on the outside, you got Cody mm-hmm. Schrader who's able to run the ball really well on the outside. I think Brady Cook's got to have to play well. He's got to be able to use his legs. He can't turn the ball over. He started the year awesome, like not turning the ball over a whole bunch. Yeah. And now he's turned the ball over a couple times now in the last couple couple games and it's like you need to not do that um as i was saying a little bit ago i was just pulled up finally missouri is 24th in the country in rush defense only allowing about just over 100 yards a game so again if you can keep them from running the ball because pass because tennessee is not a pass first offense Mm -hmm. so i think this is where i keep talking about tonight we're like keep getting teams one dimensional Tennessee yeah. is 58th in the country in the pass. They don't want to pass the ball. This is not the same yeah. team from last year as we've seen all year. So, if, again, if you can get Milton, like what Bama has done, and mm-hmm. Bama did and Florida did, get him to pass the ball first, yeah. you're gonna, I think you're going to win this game. I, I mean, the, only, the problem with them, you know, is that Tennessee has three – I mean, they got two good running backs, and, you know, you got Milton who – also a good runner. I mean, it's it, it, they more or less have a three-headed attack on the rushing ground. So if, to them, it's always so easy to just switch out backs, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean Jalen Wright has been a workhorse for them. Mm-hmm. He breaks twenty. He's twenty-fifth in the country in rushing yards. Like, yeah, he is a workhorse back for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm that's why, like, I keep that's why, like, I really do think, like. The, out of anything, it's going to be that rush, the rushing offense versus the rushing defense. Yeah. It's really going to decide this thing. And I, and Miss, I mean, Missouri they're, they're, has a solid yeah. front front defensive mm-hmm. line, so like they're going to be able to. I don't to limit them a little bit. Can they do that for four quarters, or will Tennessee start to wear them down? Yeah. You know what I mean. I think that's what Georgia did a lot last week. They started to find success late in that game on the ground, where they really mm-hmm. weren't last week earlier in the game. But then they started yeah. to see it last week. I saw a lot more big holes, big runs from Edwards and Milton. Can Tennessee replicate that? I think there's urgency Tennessee plays with. Mm-hmm. But I just like Missouri here. I don't know. This isn't me rooting for one team or another. I just think being back at home, obviously the Vegas has this at a two-point spread. So like it's nothing close. Yeah. They're pretty much closer to even. Get, I like Missouri to win this. I think they bounce back. I think they're able to limit Tennessee enough. 
Milton doesn't play the same on the road as Pittsburgh. Oh, that was a highlight. Never mind. Replay. Um, I just mm-hmm. Milton. I still don't trust him a lot on the road that I do at home. So that's why I'm going to take Milton or not Milton. I'm going to take Missouri win this thirty to twenty one. Okay. Uh, I I just I like Tennessee in this spot. I think they're really going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. They know that if it comes down to that Georgia game, they're going to put everything on that on the line. So I think knowing that their season still isn't over really for them, they still have a chance till seven o'clock. We'll see, but um, right. (laughs) But you know, I think they play with a chip on their shoulder. I think they win in a close one. Similar, I think it ends up being a lot more similar to the A&M game than any of the other games this season. I do think Tennessee wins like 26 to 20 around there. Okay. You get like a weird number. All right. I think there's a lot of field goals in this game. Nice. Let nice. me just say that. If you love field goals, you're going to love this football game. Well, if we're going field goals, I like Missouri kicker. Big old crowd. <laughs> uh we're going to move on now to upset alert. I think we're going to push that game preview to upset alert. So, Yeah, that's fair. So upset alert, as we always mm-hmm. do every week on these preview shows, we're going to go. I got a whole list of teams, and we're really going to say who's who will dominate and just not worry. There's no upset on them. Who's going to be in a tight battle throughout and not cover, and who's going to get upset? Mm-hmm. My list this week includes Duke, Versus UNC. I'm going to pull up that line real quick on that game. UNC is currently, that game is at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. North Carolina freshly ranked now. It is a 14.5 point spread for North Carolina. Excuse me. West Virginia at Oklahoma is currently 13. Yes. Bama's at Kentucky. I saw a stat. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban has won like 20. It was either, I don't know if it was consecutive games. Remember if it was consecutive games or not, but it was like, you know, I think it was, it was like 20 plus games or something that he's won in the 1230 window. Yeah. So Nick Saban doesn't lose at noon and it's in Lexington, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, they were 10 and a half point favorites heading to Kentucky this weekend. Texas Tech goes to Kansas. Kansas is a four-point favorite. Georgia Tech at Clemson. Clemson's at 14-and-a-half. Arizona's at Colorado. Arizona's a 10-and-a-half point favorite. Oklahoma State at UCF. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is a three-point favorite. Rutgers at Iowa. Iowa's a one-and-a-half point favorite. Texas at TCU. Texas minus 10. Florida at LSU. Jaden Daniels looks to be good to roll in that yeah. game. LSU's at 14 and then finally, in the nightcap, USC at Oregon. Oregon is a 15-point favorite. Dylan, start you off. Who is likely to just blow the other team out? Uh, I think Arizona beats Colorado by probably more than that um, That point spread. Like, I mean, Colorado just demoted their offensive coordinator. Which is crazy. Because he's been the, be- the offense has been the best part of that team. Because it's definitely his fault that they – it's definitely his fault that he uh, knows that they don't have an offensive line that's yeah. undersized and un- not mm-hmm. have any depth. So it's, it, but, yeah, it's, it's like it's like you know it's not his fault that the their quarterback chooses to take a sack instead of throwing the ball away. 
but you know, besides that point, I think I think I do think Arizona has just been on a roll. Like they just they got they got some dogs down there. Bearcats crazy. I like. Oh, or- go ahead, yeah. finish. Finish no, yeah, I was gonna say it's just that I I think Arizona kills them. I like Oregon to beat the brakes off of North- USC. I think USC mm-hmm. is season is crumbling as I predicted yeah. weeks ago. I saw. I told you this defense was not. It was going to eventually crumble, and the offense yeah. wasn't going to be able to save them. And you're seeing it now. They are currently have three losses, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they're yeah. going to have a fourth loss after this week, heading into Austin. Oregon's at 15. I think they're, mm-hmm. they're going to win by three plus scores. So, give me the Ducks to blow out USC. Okay. Uh, you know that's fair. Uh, but Dylan, I, I go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say I. I I think USC might be. I mean, we'll just have to see with their new defensive coordinator, their interim. But who knows? I, I they got athletes. I, they got athletes. That's the only thing with me. Just too, too many, too much duck. Yeah. Who is the team to likely win but not cover? Clemson. They are at fourteen and a half. Yes. Fourteen and a half versus Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech has a good is a good team. I don't know how Brent Pry did it, but he made Haynes King into a legitimate starting quarterback. He's like good. He's like I mean, they murdered Virginia last weekend. I I do think Tech can keep this super close. That's not a bad pick. I like. Na-na-na. Give me LSU. All right. I don't know what it is. Like Gainesville Water. No, it's just that no. What what it is is when I watch LSU's defense play, it's seven yeah. on seven football and it's flag football. You know, it's like watching the Pro Bowl game. It's this is mm-hmm. going to be like watching the Pro Bowl game where a lot of offense yeah. and absolutely defense is optional. It's going to be a two hand touch festival. So I love the over in this game. Mm-hmm. If not LSU, I'm going to lean Clemson as well. But I don't know. It yeah. just feels like. Maybe Florida just goes in and with the screw it, or just empty the playbook, and they just go in there and Graham Mertz lights up that defense like they. I know they can. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well. LSU struggles against the run. Mm-hmm. They struggle in every department defensively, but they struggle there, and those backs are going to get rolling. Are they going to win? Heck no, they ain't going to win. But they'll keep it close. I think they lose by ten to twelve. You want to you know a fun fact? Let's hear that fun fact. Florida has not won in Tiger Stadium since 2016. All right. They've won twice in their last 10 games. All right. Florida is 2-8 and eight against LSU in their last eight games. Ice. That's a great – good stat right there. Good stat to know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, LSU's going to win, so, I mean, I didn't – I, I think LSU wins – I mean, I just think – there's too much, too much tiger for Florida. If that makes sense to you, I just think yeah. they have so many weapons. They have yeah. so many, like they're just they know how to just run up scores. And yeah, their defense has problems, but oh, their Florida's, defense has more than problems. Florida's so. offense has had problems this year too, though. Yeah, where they've but... become one-dimensional. If they if they fall behind quick, they start throwing the ball, and when they're throwing the ball, they're losing that game. True. That is that's true. my that's my only th- reason I think LSU could win by two touchdowns. Because 14 points was only two touchdowns. 
that's the reason, like the 14 and a half I go with, with Clemson. I'm like, oh, that's a little high. Clemson's offense doesn't really score like that. So, <laughs> right. Um, who is your team that you're looking at and you're saying, uh-oh, like mm-hmm. DEFCON 10, upset alert. Here we go. So I was kind of mixed on two. Okay. I think either Iowa or Kansas. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, here I just, we go. Oh, I just, I was, just, let me just cut you off real quick. Yep. There you I go. Got LSU, when I was talking about rushing, mm-hmm. 102nd against the run defensively. Yeah. And again, what does Florida like to do? Run the football. Run the football. Yeah. That's why. There you go. My only thing is if Florida goes down, though, they've just there because they're Billy Napier. They may. They, well, they just decide to stick, just get away from the run. And I never understand it. They did it last year against Florida State. We all saw them throw the ball 15 straight times and do nothing with that. It was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> all right. Continue what you're yeah. saying. So I just, I was saying Iowa, uh, especially because I, Iowa's offense is anemic. Uh-huh. Like, it's almost like watching somebody with sickle cell anemia walk around on the like. It's just like, oh, I don't like watching this. And Rutgers has a pretty good team, all things considered. I mean, they're not like conference winners or anything like that, but Shiana they got a six and three. Greg Greg Shiano was turned around that program. I mean, we were talking about a couple of years ago them being the worst program in all of FBS, and now we're going. Hey, you know, they're, they're bowl bound. What are we talking about? So. <laughs> I, I, I do think Rutgers pulls that upset. One and a half. Come on. They got that. And I think the Texas Tech one is a little bit more out there, but I just think Kansas is on a little bit of a high right now. Especially uh-huh. I mean they're still on, they're still partying after being OU for the first time since like what the nineties. So <laughs> I, I do think this could be an easy letdown spot. Texas Tech is not a big time opponent, but this is this is a team that has guys who can score. I mean, we've seen the Red Raiders put up points a couple times this season. They took Oregon to the wire. Yeah, I love. I think it's a it's a sleep talk spot for Kansas. Mm-hmm. They got Kansas State next week. Yep. I think Texas Tech can attack that. Mm-hmm. I look at that West Virginia Oklahoma game. I was thinking about that one, and but I was like, Oklahoma losing three straight. 13's a huge number. West Virginia yeah. just came off a massive, just a blowout against BYU. Mm-hmm. And now you get Oklahoma who's been reeling. You know, you know, they I guess they still have some to play for. They have two losses. Both teams have two conference losses. So they gotta mm-hmm. win out and need help. But man, I just think you're looking at one team's going trending downhill and one team's yeah. trending uphill. And West Virginia, I think they can go and stir up the Oklahoma defense that has been reeling. Mm-hmm. I think they have a good enough running attack with C.J. Donaldson, who has been a bell cow for West Virginia all year. Yeah. And I, I if Dylan Gabriel could find a way to get back on track, let's. Get, I mean, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think 13 is a massive number. I that love number. I love West Virginia to cover in this game. I think they'll cover I don't even think win, but I think they'll cover that number. I, I think West Virginia – I mean, Oklahoma should be on high upset alert this week. Mm-hmm. So give me the Mountaineers, honorable mention yeah. behind it, because why not? Give me uh, – let's see if UCF can stop the run this week. 
I would love to see UCF win because people here would finally be happy. <laughs> let's see if Ollie Gordon can get stopped by UCF. Doubt it, yeah. but hey, let's see it. You never know. Gus Malzahn's always got tricks up his sleeve. He's always got that one upset up. He yeah. did against Oklahoma. Let's see if he does it against Oklahoma State. All right, we're going to round out the episode here. We got some best bets mm -hmm. for everyone. We are tough week last week. Focus yeah. on this week. We're over 500. We have 2017 and one this week or this year. But I got five plays. I got West Virginia plus 13, Oregon minus 15, UF LSU over 63, Oklahoma State minus three. There's a reason why I said honorable mention. Yes, I wasn't ever going to say I think Oklahoma State's going to run UCF out of the building. Penn State plus five and a half. Mm -hmm. The line dropped to four and a half, but he locked in earlier this week at five and a half. Kudos to you. So those are the best bets. West Virginia plus 13, Oregon minus 15, UF over UF LSU over 63, Penn State mm -hmm. plus five and a half, and Oklahoma State minus three. Yeah. Woo! That was a good show. I mean, Look, I'm I'm still stuck on the Florida versus LSU thing. How has Florida only won twice in the last ten matchups? You know, they're all close games. Every close game. Games. The Joe Burrow year, they only lost, I think, by seven. Oh, the Joe Burrow, they lost by two touchdowns, but two touchdowns, But that was a back and forth game for most of the mm -hmm. game. Yep, I will uh, say the Mark the Marco Wilson throw. Yep, 37-34. The most funny one is twenty seventeen. LSU won seventeen sixteen. There was the 2021 game when they went to like overtime, didn't they? Yep. Um, I was randomly thinking about that today. 2021, how they played Alabama, LSU, Georgia, mm -hmm. all in the same year. It's almost like they were Auburn for a second. Yeah. Uh, enjoy week 11, guys. It's going to be a great week. Mm -hmm. I think so too. The picture's starting to come together here as we mm -hmm. come down the stretch here in college football regular season, but we still got a lot to play for. So buckle up for this weekend. Two top ten matchups, a lot of ranked games. Enjoy this weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. Make sure you guys are subscribing, liking, and watching. We'll see you Tuesday. Peace out. See you guys.